Good Monday morning, everybody. Welcome back to the Risk Report. You already know who it is. It's Roman the Stoic. Hope you guys had a fantastic weekend. Um, I had a pretty wild weekend, too. Well, it wasn't too wild, but, um, you know, like I said in the last one, we're going to be celebrating some birthday stuff. Today's March 1st. Um, so it's already been a year, guys, since the fucking whole pandemic hit. Time flies, right? Time fucking flies. Um, I want to say a quick shout out to all the artists from my last podcast that I shouted out and uh, shared the music. If you guys got to check out that podcast, thank you very much um, for for checking it out. And, you know, I know a lot of you reached back out and really appreciated what I did. And um, I just want to say I appreciate what you guys do. Please keep making your music. Please just, you know. Keep doing what you do. I'll keep doing what I do. Um, uh, this is just a journey, and we've all crossed paths at some point. So, you know, it really is a special thing. It's hard to describe. You know, it's more of a feeling. Um, so I wish you guys the best. I'm going to keep doing these new music spotlights as well, because like I said in the last one, I can't. Uh, there's no way I could just fit every every artist that I know personally and their new music and stuff in in one podcast you know that was an hour's worth of a podcast with um the artists that i shared so i still have more artists that i'd like to share and put on the spotlight and so we'll, we'll see if we can do that maybe on fridays see if i could do that um today's podcast so i'm just gonna talk talk shit you know monday um the podcast is quickly becoming my favorite fucking thing to do. Um, my favorite part of the day, you could say, is the podcast. Because um, I just get on here and I just talk. You know, I fucking sh- close the door, shut the door in my room, my uh, studio room, and uh, we just get to work. Just talk shit. I fuck around, you know? So yeah, we went out to, um, it was my girl's mom's birthday dinner. And so we went out to dinner for her, um, to this super fancy ass fucking place. It's called the Dune for her birthday. And, uh, we went out there, beautiful place, (coughs) a fucking beautiful place. Um, the restaurant is outside, <clears throat> so it's like, you know, it's right on the water, right on the beach. You can walk out to the beach if you want, and it's like one of them fancy ass, bougie ass, motherfucking places, dude. Where it's like, you know, you're looking at like a fifty dollar plate, no matter what it is, you know. So it was that type of a place, and uh, it was definitely a vibe, man. the The full moon was out. The moon was fucking huge over the over the ocean, and um, you know I'm always stony baloney. And they had a guy playing guitar there, uh, like as their little whatever music act, and he was like playing "Stairway to Heaven" and shit, like all in this acoustic guitar. So it was definitely a vibe. Um, 
but I just can't drink anymore, man. I, I, you know, I feel like I know my limits, right? With, with alcohol and I've always known my limits, but at the same time, it's like, fuck, I got to refine my, what is my real limit? Because, you know, I was able to hang all night or whatever and, and drink, you know, drink with everybody the whole time. But when I get home and when I fucking pass out and wake up, man, I feel like hell the next day. Like my body just feels fucking shot. And then I always have to work. Okay. A thing about being a freelance artist and, um, you know, just a freelance individual person who, who, you know, you count on yourself to make money. You work 24 seven, almost you work every day, you know, you, you take what you can get. And so, I I pretty much work every single day. There's not a day that I really get off. This weekend coming up, it, it aligned perfectly, you know, because my week uh, my birthday's coming up Thursday, and I work on my birthday for the weekend. I'm, I actually have off Friday, Saturday, Sunday, so <clears throat> and I got to keep it off, right? So if like there's a there's somebody that wants to do a lesson, a private skate lesson or something, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to be like, nah, you know, because. You need some time, man. You need some time to kind of just for yourself. And so me and my girl, we're going to go up to Orlando. Um, and I'm excited about that. But yeah, man. Anyways, fucking, <clears throat> you know, it's her mom's birthday and shit. And, and like they, they party, man. And uh, so it's like I had to keep up. And yeah, I just pay for it the next day always. Um, even the dad, dude, her, her dad got me fucking hammered one time. Uh, I think it was like two or three months ago. We went out for his mother's birthday. Okay. So my girl's grandmother's fucking birthday. We go out to dinner for that. And her dad is like, you know, just fucking hammering drinks, uh, ordering for the table, like another round for the table. Right. We were like going there for dinner. And uh, we're, we're just, I'm, I'm fucking taking down Jack and Cokes. I'm probably at like three Jack and Cokes by dinner. And then by the end of dinner, uh, while everyone's like having their dessert and shit, he's like, come on, let's go get, let's go take shots at the bar. <laughs> so we go over there, we go to the bar, we take two fucking green tea shots. If I remember correctly, you know, those green tea shots, take like two of those shots and then we drive to his house, right? We go to, we go back to his house, which is super close to the restaurant. And then he's like, you know, just pulling out alcohols, man. I mean, he's giving shots. He's pouring shots for like 10, 15 people. Um, and then he's also, he was also like throwing it in, in everybody's face. Like this is a bottle of, I don't even know what, 1800. He's like, this is like a $2,000 bottle. You got to take a fucking shot of it or whatever. Like you, you'd make you feel bad if you're not taking a shot of this, like, you know, liquid gold or whatever. And so that night I got, oh, I got destroyed. You know, I'm mixing shots. I'm mixing drinks. I'm not a big drinker. And I'm also not a guy who, who uh, blacks out. I feel like that's a predominantly white thing. <laughs> I feel like white people can black out and keep going like on autopilot for some reason. You know, um, I can't do that. I've never really seen a Spanish person do that either or whatever. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I could be just talking on my asshole. Right. But, um, that is predominantly a white thing to black out, to be able to black out and handle it. And so 
the ne- not even the next day. I think I got home, right? I made it home with my girl, whether we Ubered or whatever, passed out. I woke up around maybe like three and just was spinning out of control, bro. Spinning, spinning out of control. Yakking. My girl heard me fucking dying out there. Ooh, ooh, just fucking heaving, you know, heaving for like 10, 15 minutes. And it just, it destroys my fucking body, man. I cannot drink. I'm not a drinker. So yeah, the, her dad definitely, this, this past weekend wasn't as bad with the mom, right? It was like a more of a relaxed drinking. <laughs> wasn't like going hard. But her dad goes fucking hard, man. Her dad. First time I met my girl's father. This is a hell of a story. Um, first time I met him, or for, for, rather, I'll say, first time I ever went out and and met him. Right where we went, I think it was the wharf. I think we went to the wharf last year, or something like that. And. Um, I don't know. I'm there maybe 30 minutes, you know, I'm hanging out with him and, and all their, their group of friends or whatever, these older people. And, uh, somebody had said something slick to his wife, I guess, you know, it happened so fast. Somebody said something slick to his wife and, um, he called the guy over and, and I watched the whole thing, called the guy over and he was like talking to him for a second, like, like friendly talking to him. Like, I think he was asking him, hey, what'd you say to her or something, right? And he probably fucking said something slick. And I just watched her dad crack this guy in the face super quick. Just bam, crack this dude in the face. And the dude's like step, steps back, has no idea what happened. And instantly, right, we're like in the this little like VIP area or whatever. Instantly, like the bodyguards and everybody, you know, kind of come to defuse the situation. They kick out the guy that fucking got hit in the face, right? So her dad knows everybody at the war for this and that. They kick out the guy that got hit in the face. <laughs> and I thought that was the most baller-ass gangster shit I've ever seen, right? Some fucking 40, 40-year-old 40 man uh, cracking some dude in the face and then and then being okay, having him get kicked out for him, right? Fucking kicking out the other person. Uh, that was fantastic to see. So that was the first time <laughs> I had ever seen uh, her dad in action. You could say, and um, yeah, I don't know. You could you could think it's intimidating, I guess, as a guy, you know, if that's her dad. But it's also like I'm never gonna fuck her over. So you know, I know I know who I am, and I I know I'm not that person. So I never got to worry about her dad. If anything, it's like all right. You know, cool. Now I know he'll fucking crack somebody in the face if I need him to, right? If we're ever out in a situation where I got to crack somebody in the face, I know he's there to crack somebody in the face too, okay? So, um, yeah, man, but he, he, he can go hard and I can't drink like that. I can't fucking drink like that. What else happened this weekend? Um, I got a call from a good friend of mine. I want to say a shout out to S. Luna. All right. And S. Luna, Quazy also known as Quazy. Quazy S. Luna. Q-U-A-Z-I. All right. 
<clears throat> but I think if you just search his music, it's going to be S. Luna. Let's look it up. I just know he went through a name change. <clears throat> well, my homie, he's been, you know, he's been through a lot lately this past year, like like many of us. And I think he's going through a, um, you know, I don't want to speak for him, right? But I believe he's going through a, a new phase of kind of rediscovery, um, you know, coming to terms with who he is and maybe dealing with some some stuff that he didn't necessarily want to deal with. Um, but now he's forced to. So all I can say is, man, I'm glad to hear from him. And if there's people out there in the podcast listening who do fuck with S. Luna and who do listen to his music um, and are wondering where he went, you know, he's good. He's working on himself. And he's dealing with some stuff right now. And um, all I can say from my from talking to him is that I'm excited for when he's, you know, coming back, which will be soon. And, um, you know, I'm excited for what this change is going to do to him artistically and, you know, in a sense, motivate him and, and everything like that. He's a real creative dude. And. You know, his music's super out there, and he himself is super out there, but it's, you know, it's for a reason, right? It's like the dude, you know, the dude is crazy for a reason, right? <laughs> and so his music is is good, man. He's a he's a real artist, and I'm just excited to, for him to come back and start doing his thing. Um, And I just want to tell him, you know, uh, keep doing what you're doing, brother. Stay strong. Um, you know, you're going to get through this part. And like we talked about on the phone, it's going to give you a lot to say, whether it's in your music or in whatever, you know, um, it's going to give you some stories and inspiration, I think, for your next chapter in life. So shout out to S. Quasi S. Luna. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. He was like, he was like going all over the place. I heard he just came back from Texas and they got him going all over the place. So, and the man didn't have a phone, you know, 2021, yeah, a phone. So I remember I tried to reach out to him like, oh, you know, all right, what happened? Um, cause he had posted a picture of him, uh, a mugshot of him right and then after that just disappeared so we're all like damn what happened bro where you at you know where you at dude are you okay um reaching out and we just you know i didn't hear from him till till this weekend so you know i'm just glad he's doing good man we me and him we got a lot of music together a couple songs i think the latest one is called bank teller and that one's on spotify so you could check that out um, check out Bang Teller. I know he put out a project as well in 2020. A lot of people did because we had the time. <laughs> um, but yeah, man. I mean, what else, man? Oh, um, so me and my girl, we got a ton of food from uh, from her mom. Cause her mom's going to go on like this crazy diet and got this personal trainer and shit. And, uh, the personal trainer came, came to the house and was like, 
telling her to get rid of 90% of her food, basically. And she was, she was just going to get rid of it. And, uh, you know, my girl was like, wait, let's see. We'll go scoop that shit up. You know, we could really use that food. And, um, yeah, I just thought it was funny. I told my girl, I'm like, that's some white people ass shit, dude. Like that's the whitest, maybe not whitest, but let's say this, that's the most privileged ass shit. You know what I mean? The fact that like, uh, you know, you're going to do a new diet or whatever and, and you're just going to throw away food. (laughs) You're just going to throw away food, man. All the people starving in the world. And that's just some the Western way of thinking, you know, even with like me working at some of these uh, art places and stuff like that. Um, you know, just like wasting food, man. And it's a big bummer. Um, or just working at restaurants and shit like that. You know, you, you see it. Um, a lot of food wasting it's a very privileged way of thinking you know i had just seen something on i forget on the news or something and it was like yemen is starving that was the title yemen and the people of yemen are starving five what was it five million or 500 million something like that uh millions and millions of people starving and they showed the pictures um you know and and it's like we got to think like and, and hey i'm not fucking perfect either i'm no angel there's there's times that we got food in the fridge and maybe it goes bad and we got to throw it out and i feel like ass about it you know but <clears throat> yeah, it's just like perspective type thing you know what i mean like but on a brighter note we've been um I just started watching that canine intervention on Netflix and um, (laughs) yeah, I'm just trying to trying to soak some shit in to try and teach these dogs, you know, who's the pack leader. (laughs) Got to show the dogs who's the pack leader and they got to respect the pack leader. Not that they don't, you know, but my girl, she's been so loose with them and lets them do, you know how women are, man. You know, they let them do whatever. Um, and you just can't, you know, you can't, not when you have an animal, you know, pet, especially a pet that's 80 pounds and you got two of them. So got to get that shit in line and not saying that they're bad. They're great dogs, you know, but it's like little fine tuned things. You know, I just want them to listen and be more on command, um, because they're just happy dogs. You know, you ever fucking see those dogs that are just way too happy uh jumping and pissing all over the place and shit and just jumping on people you got an 80 pound fucking human like animal jumping on you you know what i mean it's not not everybody likes that and my girl doesn't seem to get that (laughs) you know she's just over there smiling like oh yeah it's fine like dude you know what if they don't want to be fucking jumped on you know guy's got a white shirt you think he wants fucking these dirty ass paws to be jumping on you um so yeah seeing the canine intervention puppy train and just trying to walk with them trying to you know a lot of it is is how you understand the animal too you know (coughs) one thing 
that I noticed I did <coughs> in the show. <coughs> From the show, they had this one German shepherd who was like, who was a lot like our dog Bodie. And this motherfucker was like, you know, when he, when they were walking him, he was a nightmare, bro. He was like just jumping everywhere, jumping on people, fucking walking all over the place, pulling on the leash, you know, pulling you. The dog's walking you. I hate that. You know, that's the one thing I hate about uh, the dogs with this is, is that they pull so fucking hard. I can't, you know, like, come on, dude. Um, so that's what I want to work on the most. So that's the episode I focused on. And what I noticed the guy doing, uh, not the trainer, the regular guy, right? The pet owner, he was like getting pissed. He's like, this dog is disrespecting me and this and that. And I was like, dude, I feel you. <laughs> and, uh, he's like, he's like, um, he's like, I don't know how to talk to him. You know, like I'll repeat things to him and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I'll repeat things to the dogs too, you know? And but at by the third time, I just get up and I fucking, you know, either move them or, you know, come on, let's go. Like, um, you know, and the, what the trainer was saying is like, uh, it's not so much the tone, it's the timing. So you need to correct everything in two seconds. And just like you need to correct everything in two seconds, you need to, um, what is it? You need to praise them, you know, within the two seconds. Uh, cause dogs, they work well with the praise. So, you know, and this is a guy who's taking super, super aggressive dogs that are on the point of like, if they bite somebody, they're getting put down for sure. Um, he takes them and he really chills them the fuck out and really disciplines them, you know, but it's up to the, uh, you know, the owner to, to be consistent with that type of training and, um, you know just be like that with your dog. And so my buddy, Tim, he's, he read a book, um, that really taught him how to fucking train an animal, train a pet, train a dog specifically a Belgian Malinois. And, um, that still to this day is the model of how I want a dog to behave, <laughs> you know? And, and look, this is my girl. She got these dogs before I was even, whether I'm like a stepfather, basically. Right, <laughs> like a fucking stepdad coming in. Um, they're not really my dogs, right? And um, I never really raised them when they were puppies, but they're but they're good and they listen to me. And you know, it's just about fine tuning some things. I know they're super smart and I know they're super good dogs, so I just want to get them to be the best they can be. And you know, you could almost tell, like in that show, um. You know, the, the German Shepherd, for example, who is like running all over the place and jumping on people and shit like that. You could tell that that dog, he was angsty, man. He's got anxiety about something, you know. And when they when the trainer disciplined him, you know, for the two weeks, well, it wasn't even the trainer. The, the, the owners did it, okay? But the trainer gave them the steps on how to how to do it and be consistent with it. You know, you could tell, you could see how much more calm the dog was. You could just fucking tell that the dog was just way, way more calm, right? 
And um, something that this guy is kind of pushing is that these dogs, they feel like they they need a role, right? Especially like a big dog, especially purebred dogs that are like bred specifically for like, you know, you got your shepherds, right? You got your fucking um, terriers, right? You got these dogs that are specifically bred to work. Um, and they don't know that, right? And so, you know, it's in their genes instinctively to want to do something that's kind of work related or at least feel like they've got a purpose. And maybe that's why a lot of these dogs are kind of going crazy because they're just stuck in the house or whatever the case may be. And they're not getting that um, mental stimulation that they need. So it's about really understanding the dog as well, which now gives me, um, gives me an idea for another podcast I could do. Uh, an interview since I'm going to be doing interviews with artists and everything. Uh, I think it'd be a cool one to maybe interview my friend Savannah. Savannah Lammers is a dog trainer. And uh, I think that would be a cool one. But yeah, just been watching that. Or at least watched it. I don't know. I think it was yesterday we started it. Honestly, it was like whatever little Sunday morning hangover bullshit. <laughs> I could watch. Uh, yeah, I mean, what else, man? I don't know. I'm excited. I'm turning 27 on Thursday. And uh, I don't really know. I just feel the same. Uh, just trying to be more adult, you know, trying to be more responsible about finances and everything. Um, yeah, just trying to do things right, you know, whereas like before, and I don't know, I feel like a more, I feel like more of a calm state in the sense that, um, you know, for so many years, I would say from like 19 to about 25, 26, there was just this, well, I'm 26 now, but maybe, maybe more so till like last year or something. There was this internal, I wouldn't say anxiety, but un- unrest, uneasiness of like, I need to make it. I need to prove myself. I need to prove to everybody that, um, you know, that I'm the shit, that I'm good that I'm good at what I do, that I'm an artist, you know, I gotta, I gotta blow up as an artist, I gotta be the artist, you know, and I had these fucking constant thoughts for years and years and years of pushing myself to achieve something, and as the years would go on, you know, I would achieve little things, but it's these little things that kind of Right, they lead the way, they kind of forge the path, but you don't see that at the time, right? You're gonna you're just taking the little things as they come. But your mind is on the future. My mind, at least from what I can say, was on the future. Right? It's always on the future. What's gonna happen? What's gonna fucking happen? What can happen? What can go wrong? What can go right? My mind is always thinking on the future. And that's something I've always had to battle with. And I think maybe that's something why I gravitate towards um why I gravitate gravitated towards skateboarding is because you know when I skate I'm doing that and there's not 
anything else I'm fucking thinking about, you know. Granted, sometimes there is. Sometimes, you know, sometimes it's hard to tune out the everyday thought. <clears throat> but to me, skating was always my uh, point of meditation, you know, my point to go clear my thoughts, uh, my point to go clear my emotions, right? And um, just be in the moment. And so I think I've always struggled with, I don't know, that type of thought of, and look, it's good and bad, you know, it's good because it, it pushed me to, um, try and keep getting better and better. And just how now I'm trying to get better and better at the podcast by forcing myself to do it, you know, when I don't necessarily feel like doing it. Um, just for the sake of getting better, just because I know that in the long run, you know, down the line, it's going to be good. I'm always thinking of the future, planning for the future. And that can get a little crazy sometimes. And so, you know, now I realize like, damn, I've had this, I feel a little calmer because it's almost like, not not in a sense that I threw it out the window, that I threw these aspirations and dreams out of the window. But it's like now I'm I'm more calm with the outcome. Okay. If it don't happen, it don't happen, dude. But I'm still gonna continue to make music. I'm still gonna continue to write. Um I'm always gonna be open minded to what I could do uh and how I could share my skills, right? And so you know, I just feel like whatever I'm doing, I'm doing it. Uh, I'm doing it right. Um, this is the way life has panned out for me. And though I'm not some fucking millionaire signed artist or anything like that, um, I'm doing what I love to do. I have, you know, the free time to create things, whether it's music, art you know, go skate or, or make this podcast. <clears throat> my life is in my control. Let's say that. Okay. My life is in my hands. Um, and for the first time in my life, I feel a little more calm. I'm not saying that I'm fully calm about it. I feel a little more calm. Because before it was like, you know, I have to prove myself. I have to prove myself. And not saying that I don't have to do that now. I obviously have to prove myself now and continue to do so. Um, but like, for example, like with music, you know, people have been asking me, dude, are you dropping something new? Are you dropping something new? You know, people are asking me a lot. What am I making? <laughs> and uh, I've just been making a lot of beats. I haven't even been right. I've been written a couple songs here and there. Um, in the past year, but it was nothing like what I was doing before. But even with the music that I've written before, I've always gone through periods of not writing or not freestyling. And, you know, I always told myself that those were periods of self reflection, of growth of taking things in so that I could talk about it later and it would come out later. And that could be frustrating, you know. Um, writer's block can be frustrating. 
but you need to look at it like that. You need to live life, man. What do you, what else are you going to talk about? Um, if you're not living life. So, you know, that, that's where I'm at <clears throat> in my life. And you know, I'm excited for my, my late twenties, these, you know, final years of my twenties and seeing what happens because I really just want to grow as a person, grow into, you know, uh, a responsible adult who's doing cool shit and is giving back to the community. Um, and I feel like I'm getting there, right? Even though I already work as an artist, right? And already have my private lessons for skateboarding. That is not enough, okay? It's not enough financially. And it's not enough for me to do for, uh, you know, the next 10 years, okay? I know that whatever I'm doing now is going to lead to the next step, next platform, you could say, next level of whatever I'm meant to be doing, okay? So right now I'm, you know, right now I am connecting with kids, right? I'm teaching kids. And uh, hopefully it's rubbing off. Some of these kids are super young, dude. You know, when I was super young, like, what the fuck do you remember when you were super young? Not much, right? So I understand that a lot of them, you know, it might not be a lasting impression. But maybe, um, maybe there is a lasting impression amongst these kids, especially some of the older ones, you know, the 10, 11, 12-year-olds. <clears throat> And that's all I could hope for. Um, because if art or skating or music could change any of those kids' lives for the better, which it usually does, um, if that could change any of those kids' lives for the better, then, man, I mean, I'm, I'm doing my job, okay? And uh, that's all I could hope for. Because music, art, skating, that changed my life, changed my outlook, you know, has made me who I am. And I know how fulfilling that is. So if that, if, if any sort of that shit happens with the kids that I'm teaching, then I will feel fulfilled for sure. Right. Um, but what I want to do, I'm sure when I'm 30 is going to be different from what I'm doing now. And doesn't mean I won't want to be teaching, but maybe I'll want to be a, a full-time teacher, right? Maybe instead of being <clears throat> an art teacher for several studios and, you know, um, a couple schools and just dividing my time for everybody, maybe I'm just at one place and I'm a legit art teacher there five days a week, right? <clears throat> or, you know, or maybe I can finally one day open up my own little skate park, you know, own private skate park where I could do lessons out of um, and build a team and build risk. You know, these are goals and aspirations that I want, that I'm setting for myself. You know, it's not, this isn't where I'm going to stay, um, but it's where I'm going to grow. 
So, I mean, that's what I'm excited about. Um, you know, it's, you never know with life. Things happen, right? You know, you can you can only plan and prepare for so much. Um, so it's good to try and live in the present as much as possible. Uh, because, you know, you got to open your eyes sometimes and see what's right in front of you is fucking beautiful. And uh, it will one day be a memory. How fucking crazy is that? <clears throat> you know, somebody right in front of you, something you love, whether it's a pet, a person, uh, anything, you know, something right in front of you right now will be a memory one day. We'll be gone one day. So we really got to take things in and just enjoy it for what it is. Um, and not stress too much. You know, these expectations that humans put on themselves, especially driven people, right? People that are driven by success. <coughs> You put some heavy, heavy, heavy expectations on yourself. And people put heavy expectations on you. Um, And those could be good and bad, man. Those could be good and bad. You know, you see these, if you watch like that documentary with the Bulls, the Chicago Bulls, and talks a lot about Michael Jordan, uh, like that Tiger Woods documentary, right? You got these these dudes that are the greatest in the world, right? Greatest in the world. Do you understand? I don't think many people understand, right? Because most people are the ones that are pressuring these people. People don't understand that. Uh, think about the pressure of expectations that people have on you and hold on you, you know? Um, what that would do to the average person. Not only that, what what pressure and expectations they have on themselves. You know, these are guys that sacrifice damn, damn near everything to achieve that Uh, relationships, right? Time, time with family, Um, time for themselves, you know, instead of relaxing and enjoying that, maybe probably the moment, right? They had to sacrifice that and keep practicing to become the greatest in the world. And, um, you know, that can be good and bad, right? So it's, you know, what you want in life? What do you want in life? You know, obviously we need both. You know, you need success and you need, you know, you need loving relationships and, and you need to enjoy your life and the present because you never know. So it's just tough, man, that that humans are just such crazy creatures. <laughs> and we think of such wild shit. And, um, you know, I don't know. I'm just fucking talking. Reflecting and shit. But yeah, those are some good documentaries. I really like that Tiger Woods one. You know, you see that dynamic between a father and... And um, and his son 
but also like a coach and his son. And what that can do on their relationship, you know, what that can do on a person. Because Tiger Woods, they had him, uh, his dad, his dad would fucking, what was it, Earl Woods. He would, you know, chip, he'd be practicing chipping and, and putting and fucking driving. And he would have his son like sitting on a high chair right there. And the son, you know, the baby's just sitting there looking at him, looking at him for hours and hours, fucking practicing a swing. Uh, so by two years old, Tyler picked up, you know, a little golf club that his dad got him, a little plastic golf club, and he was swinging, boy. He was fucking swinging, right? Just the perfect shot. Um, and his dad was like, holy shit, I'm going to fucking breed this man to be a best golfer in the world. And so his dad had him practice and practice and practice and practice all the time. And uh, you know what documentary I would like to see made? I'd like to see a documentary made, a new one, because I know there was one a couple years ago, like interviews and stuff, but a new documentary on Nigel Houston. Because there's a big, there's a giant correlation here with these, uh, you know, these greats, these all-time greats where, uh, not only the sacrifice and stuff, but when you take a guy like Tiger Woods, how he grew up, and then you take a guy like Nigel Houston, how he grew up, and you know, if you take the sport out of it, um, <clears throat> they virtually came up the same, right? Nigel Houston, greatest skateboarder in the world, arguably, right? He's won the most, um, the most consistent. His dad, you know, had him skating like crazy. His dad would make him practice until he got things and not leave, right? His dad ended up buying a skate park and and pushing him that hard, right? Um, to the point that it affected their relationship, right? Uh, and, and his relationship with his mom and, and the, the husband's relationship with the mom and everything, right? And uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of serious, you know, kind of heartbreaking stuff that happens within families uh, sometimes. And, you know, it was like the expectations he may have been putting on his son because his dad was a skateboarder. And perhaps, you know, maybe his dad just didn't make it as far as he wanted to in skating and he saw it through his son and he saw his son's abilities and he didn't want his son to uh, miss out on that opportunity. And, you know, not even saying that Earl Woods did anything horrible with his son or that, you know, Nigel Houston's father did anything horrible. They had, they had probably one of the most, probably one of the greatest uh, father son relationships you could ever have. Right. A coach, a mentor, your friend, right. Your manager, um, a person who's grooming you and shaping you, right. Uh, your father. But at the same time, you know, when it, when it comes to be, trying to become the greatest it comes with those sacrifices it comes with that hard work it comes with those expectations and um you know you probably those guys if you asked them they probably wouldn't take anything back you know Nigel houston and tiger woods they probably wouldn't take a single thing back and they wouldn't trade anything in the world and they probably love their fathers dearly for what it for what it is you know because they provided them that that life and It provide them a work ethic that is, you know, only seen in the rarest of humans, in the greatest of humans. 
So to that, they got to thank them for sure. But, you know, definitely check out those documentaries um, and check out those stories if you're into that stuff, because that's just a great, um, great look into a, a, a father-son dynamic and how it also crosses over into a mentor, uh, manager, and, and how things can get a little crazy sometimes, too, between a father and son like that. <clears throat> um. Yeah, what else, man? I don't know. We're out here. All right. The Risk Report with Roman the Stoic. See you guys on Wednesday. Peace.